Welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and as per always, I'm joined by the delightful and curious co-host, Dustin Jackson. That's me, delightful and curious. Mitchell, Mitchell, where are you? The lights are off. Oh, I'm over here. I'm over here. Oh, there you are. What's this on the ground? Is this some sort of sword in the darkness? Oh, no, it's not. No, what was it? Oh, uh, it was like a little what have you uh just like a little ground happening yeah just like a spot yeah that happened (laughs) that's my that's my favorite realization of um an adventure game character that we've had to deal with a lot on this podcast just guybrush or uh, any of the day of the tentacle people just wandering around clicking on things of like oh you think that's a thing but the ground is just raised there slightly you can't pick up the ground (laughs) You thought that was a helpful item. It's just a. It's just a ground. Why would I pick up something I don't know what it is? And then you press look, and then click the thing, and they're like, "Yeah, it looks like a thing I could pick up." And then you <laughs> say, "Pick up." It's like mm, too heavy. Hmm. <laughs> if only I had a tool to pick this up. They're just like, mm, nah. I think there's a dog in that well. I better go see if he's all right. <laughs> Uh, so we're talking today about Game of Thrones Episode 3, The Sword in the Darkness. I did not remember the episode was called that when you did your intro bit. <laughs> oh, well now you get it. My joke landed. You know, I, I, assume. Uh, I, I can vibe with a lot of the aesthetic and tonal decisions of Game of Thrones. Uh the the exception to that i think is the names of these episodes and the names of the books themselves they are so seemingly in line with everything that i feel about like if i was just to imagine the platonic ideal of a generic fantasy story i bet something is called the sword in the darkness right and I don't remember any sword in the darkness. There are swords, but like, there's yeah. no like specific sword in darkness. Well, hopefully, via our conversation this week, we can figure out which sword and which collection of darkness we're talking about. I'm not positive <laughs> that I even have a theory as to which sword is the one referred to in the darkness. Um, me either, but so help me God if we don't figure it out. So, Episode 3, The Sword in the Darkness, was released on March 24th, 2015. It was directed by Graham Ross, designed by Joe Ching, Matt Almer, and Chris Huckabout, written by Dan Martin, John Dombro, and Joshua Rubin. A good collection Thanks, of guys. names. Thanks, guys. I am every week uh, more and more, especially since Varum came here. Thanks again for uh, guesting on the podcast, Varum. Uh... I'm positive I'm mispronouncing everyone's names, in- including Varum's, frankly. Uh, <laughs> uh, he Names that, like Eric Sturpey, that I was certain I was pronouncing correctly. It turned out to be Sturpey instead of Sturp, so I'm, I'm now just very conscious about that. Yeah, you can never be too sure, uh, yeah. Michael. They should read out every video game's credits should be vocalized. <laughs> and they should enunciate. Yeah, and it's Michael Stir P. Stir P. Well, they can't go that slow. That's the thing, because they're just scrolling off the screen. So it's like a speed reader just shouting names very quickly. 
It's it's pronounced Derpy. <laughs> I thought it was Derpy. Derpy. <laughs> Thank you, Speed Reader. Uh, so this episode in particular is. Would you would you uh, agree that it's fair to describe it as one of our more typical middle episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because last episode we thought could have been it, but I thought the last episode was pretty good. Mm-hmm. This one, it's it's not bad, but it's not very eventful. Not not a whole lot happens. Some stuff happens, but yeah, it it definitely feels like that we got to take this time to build up to what's going to happen later. Yeah, we had a longer conversation last week about the concept of an episode two. In one of these Walking Dead style games and how uh, it's usually a a nadir, to use that word, for the second time today with you, Dustin. Ooh. In our interest in the series because of what episode twos need to do in order to carry out the, the season and get everything to where it's trying to go. Mm-hmm. But in this case, episode two is actually pretty eventful still and was still trying a lot of new stuff so we were uh thankful for that and i think that maybe just because it's a six episode season that responsibility was forwarded to episode three yeah and uh, i think we have that episode now still i would say not nearly as um plotting is i i think an excessively connotative word i don't want to say it's plotting usually because some of these episode twos are still good but they're they're slower um right but yeah this is this is the one that does that we're hitting it now we we are hitting that place in the season still liked it i'd say just just my opinion but i yeah yeah, we're we're kind of there i thought it was fine It, it didn't it didn't land for me as well as last week's but i still thought it like served its purpose fine i didn't have a bad time going through it yeah i would rank it below either of the other two episodes of the season that we've played so far um yeah but still i don't good i don't know i don't know if i would rank it beneath one but that's just more i i, I just feel like episode one was just kind of what i expected interesting and well rem- i went in with zero interest in game of thrones in right. that episode didn't really do much to change my mind. And at least here in episode three, I have these connections to these characters. I do want to see what's happening to them. So I, I feel more I feel more in it than I did in the first episode. Yeah, I have a friend and you have a friend who we call the G-Man. <laughs> oh, we're bringing up G-Man. Yeah, G-Man's getting a shout out on this podcast because he asked for one. <laughs> um, and uh, G-Man doesn't really like Star Wars. And, uh, y- you know, I'm in no place to evangelize for Star Wars or on the behalf of Star Wars or anything. Uh, but right. I, I did ask him, like, so what's your experience with Star Wars? And he saw, um, he's he's actually not sure which ones he saw. But he saw one of the original trilogy and one of the prequel trilogy. And his interpretation of events there was just kind of like, uh, yeah, it's just sort of everyone's in spaceships and, like, the, the big bad guy's a robot. Darth Vader's a robot. I don't want to, you know. And to me, that's like, oh, that's wild because that's, like, wrong. 
about Star Wars, <laughs> but I totally get how if you have a, a very minimalist introduction to Star Wars, um, some of the aspects of it of like, oh, it's actually much more of a fantasy thing than a science fiction thing, but it doesn't feel like high fantasy because it's wrapped up in more uh, like aliens and spiritualism and stuff. Right. Um, it. Yeah. I, I feel like it's something like uh, if you go in and you're just like closed off to it, then you are then I could see someone like going into Star Wars and saying, oh, yeah, it's just exactly what I expected, not what I'm into. Um, And I feel like if I wasn't contractually obligated to play this for a show, I wouldn't have played past episode one of Game of Thrones. Like if I decided to. Give it a chance. I think we should clarify that you're not contractually obligated to do this podcast. Right. (laughs) That's not real. I have not done that to you. Yeah, Yeah, but you know, I'm in a spot where I do need to play these for this podcast I agreed to. Um, And and I'm I'm more than happy to do it. But I'm just saying like in, in a world where we weren't doing this podcast and I decided, you know what? If I liked Walking Dead, I gave Walking Dead a shot. Maybe I'll end up liking this too. I would have played this and I would have said, nope, after episode one. Um, And even though this is basically what I expected, playing through episodes two and three, you do get that some sort of attachment to what's going on and who you're with. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely do. Um, I... I think that if they were able to do what Walking Dead was able to do, which was to say, like, don't worry about Rick Grimes. If you watch the show, you know who Rick Grimes is. You know what their section of the world's all about. But we're really focused on Lee and Clementine. If right. if uh, Game of Thrones was able to do that, maybe if they went, like, 200, 300 years in the past or future of the events of the the book series and show, and they were able to say, like, yeah, you know, Westeros is a thing, and we've got some shared, like, lore about what Westeros is and, and what this monarchy is all about, but we're in a completely different uh, group of characters and setting, then we we might have been able to get a similar kind of thing to what Telltale was able to do with Walking Dead, but instead, it is a very attached-at-the-hip experience to watching the show, to me. Right. Um yeah, like I'm I'm almost jealous even though I do think it's not as good of your experience having no experience watching the show because I I would I just really want to know what that is uh playing this game but like I can't think about for example there's something that happened in this episode uh mm-hmm. where Joffrey and Marjorie were it, it was their wedding and spoiler alert Joffrey was killed during the wedding. Um, I knew that was going to happen. Good job, Mitchell. I (laughs) did not. (laughs) Well, I knew that was going to happen. And I was thinking about it in terms of like, okay, how is this going to affect the politics of these characters? Even from before it was going to happen. And I was, I was hesitant to tell you, Hey, by the way, this thing that we're leading up to with the wedding, um, it's going to have very specific impacts. Because I was thinking, like, well, it's kind of a spoiler for the game, but, like, the game's also designed for you to know that um, because it's designed for people that watch the show. Right. 
Yeah. Um, um, so there's there's a lot of interesting, like, if you don't know this, it kind of works. And if you do know this, it kind of works. But they, they work in different ways in different amounts. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thankful that I'm not, like, totally lost. Like, I can still follow what's happening in the overall story of this totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that you can. Yeah. I, I've... Uh... <laughs> Thanks, man. I, b- I believe in you. I don't think there's any... <laughs> I don't think it's that complicated once you, like, kind of turn your head off. And I think everyone who watches Game of Thrones does this. Turn your head off to when someone says, like, Maester Hajibunbling, you should uh, go and talk to the <sighs> Crestafall family in the High East. And then you're like, I, I can tell from how you framed that, I don't care about them. <laughs> I can tell from how that was written and filmed that I do not need to care about the Hodgefell family in the High East. I, that'll be someone else's job on the Wikipedia pages. But what about the Hodgefells or whatever you said? <laughs> what about them? Exactly. Maybe I need Telltale to might make a game about them. <laughs> and then we'll never see them otherwise. Yeah, I wonder if that's part of why this has six episodes rather than five. That first episode... It is kind of boring, but it does do a good enough job to kind of settle you in before, like, really taking the reins with its own story. Yeah. Like, I understand the broad concepts, the broad strokes of what's going on. Well, yeah, in the, in the first episode, we don't even get to play as Roderick or Asher at all. So, yeah. um, yeah, they kind of did need to, to, to do uh, two episodes. The first episode to introduce uh, Garrett and Mira. In the second episode to introduce Roderick and Asher. And that concludes the introduction. And now we're just in it with these four characters. Right. And also Ethan's memory is around and seemingly important. You know what's something like in one of the other episodes, in episode one, I think it was, I said it didn't feel... uh too messy jumping around between so many characters i feel like i was kind of feeling it a little this time okay i i felt like it was i could see that for sure i felt like it was yeah it it wasn't uh, awful it wasn't even like bad it was i was just like starting to feel the pinch of oh we're really like some of these scenes are really short and kind of jumping around especially since it's four characters now uh i it's fine but i am kind of feeling it i think that roderick in Iron Wrath, his story, which seems to be like the central story, uh, and everything else right. is happening around because we we care about House Forester, so this is House Forester. Uh, his story and Mira's story in King's Landing, they have such close interconnectivity, uh, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes your mom, Roderick's mom, your mom, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> calling on you to say like, hey, you should send a letter to Mira so Mira can try doing something with Marjorie so we can get this. And and uh, like Mira can be working in her house's best interests very still indirectly because she's like in the political side of it all. Uh, but she she's very active in doing it. Where Garrod and Asher are, I think, struggling to feel relevant in this that that's my take on it where garrett's up at the wall and he's clear there's clearly something forester related going on with the wall he's got this map this episode that leads to 
the North Grove, the thing that Lord Forrester mm-hmm. cared about. So we'll see that. And Asher is trying to get an army for House Forrester, but like it's so both of those things are so removed from the main conflict that the more they focus on that, the more I'm just wondering, like, okay, is how I'm sure it will come together at the end of the season, but like in the meantime, it feels like we're dealing with completely different goals. Uh, so I, I just feel spread out as a player trying to internalize what's going on with each of these three settings, really. Right. I really felt it with Asher in particular, even though I like what they're doing with like that part of the story. I'm like, oh, I like this. I like this canyon environment. I like uh, fighting this dragon we fight here. I think what they're doing is cool and interesting, but we're with them probably the least of any of these characters. Like, to the point where it's not even worth it. I I don't know if this would be a good call. I, I don't know if this would work better. But I would maybe, like... I don't know, you have six episodes. Maybe focus on two characters for one episode. Then give a, then in the next episode, let us spend more time with that. Let those Asher parts feel yeah. more fleshed out. It feels like we're just barely with them. Yeah, that's that's an interesting call. I'm not... I'm not I'm not positive how that would work uh just considering that as divorced from the main plot as Garrett and Asher feel right now having an entire episode where it's just their stuff I think runs the risk of feeling even more like dude I just you left me on a cliffhanger with what's happening in Ironrath last episode and then I spent this whole episode at the wall that's ridiculous <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd yeah. say the wall one is the most removed. Um, but, you know, Ash they're trying to bring Asher back with an army. I, I think that's at least connected enough. I want to yeah. see Yeah. Well, I'm sure through. in how they resolve them, they will be very connected, in, including yeah. the wall stuff with the North Grove. I'm, I'm positive that is going to factor into it. But it's uh, it's just taking a while to do it, and... That's probably how we should feel in the middle of a season. We are now three right. episodes out of six into it, so fair enough. You're in the middle yeah, of the yeah. thing, but... Yeah, you gotta wait for it to come together in the end. But, you know, maybe have an episode that focuses on one of the those t- uh, either Mira or Roderick. Something that's like one of the big tent poles of this uh, story. And then take a little time to flesh out the other one. So you have that you you have that connection to what's going on, but the other parts can well, you know, the Garrett parts are fine. It really is just the Asher parts where I'm like, we were here for like two minutes. Yeah. And I feel like there should be more to like if you're if we're gonna be here so for such a short amount of time. It feels like we're not doing anything with them at all. Well, the job of Even collecting it has an one army the... in a different continent, that's something that's like, even though I like the tone of what's going on in Essos with Asher and his crew, mm-hmm. even though I like the tone, it's something I would prefer to see like off screen. I don't need to see your negotiations and how you got the army. I'll assume at the end of it, you either did or didn't do it. Um <laughs> Or the entire game's about that. Because that's like a huge concept. Uh, right. So 
if I'm dealing with the politics of the foresters and how are we interacting with the White Hills at Ironrath and how are we interacting with the Lannisters in King's Landing, um, that feels like such a thing that this additional other huge such a thing like collecting the army in Essos, um, it kind of feels like it's just getting in the way of it. Uh, I could see that, but to be perfectly honest, I'd rather it stay than the Garrett stuff. Even though I did like the sure. Garrett part of this, um, you know, I I do like the tone of what they're doing, and I like those characters. So I feel like just uh, cutting them out entirely. I feel like would be a. I don't want to say it's a disservice because I I get where you're coming from. It does take focus away from the other parts in a way that it doesn't necessarily need to. But I I like those parts. I would I wouldn't want to lose i want more of it what's interesting with Personally. this formula of game is that you can always sort of dive into the story structure and think like well i would have told it this way uh, right which i think is proof that they did it well like i think that's proof that if you're given this idea of a game and you can immediately think well i probably would have done it this other way that means that you hadn't considered a game working like this before and now it does and you're excited about the possibilities yeah yeah that's a good way to put it yeah um like all of our ideas right now are different than the game like what if asher's episode what if the whole thing was one episode in the middle of the season um but it was like a beefy yeah, see, episode it, like any idea is is like it's not really our ideas that's the game's ideas that we're playing with yeah yeah, personally, I I wouldn't mind that. Um, I I was just thinking, and this is a bad idea. I I don't think this okay. would work. But I but I was thinking of it kind of like what if they did a Sonic Adventure type style, oh. where each episode was like the whole story up to a point, but from a different character's point of view. I don't think it would work. The more I think about it, but I I like things that do stuff like that. Like yeah. one episode, one episode is with Mira. And, and like one episode is Garrett's story of him going to the wall. I, I just think there's like too much going on that you can't really do that at like different points throughout. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it'd be interesting. Yeah, with with uh, like all of the wall stuff and all of the Essos stuff, I could see that happening. But I do think that the back and forth between Roderick and Mira happening in real time yeah. of like, oh, is Mira going to send a letter? on your behalf or is Mira going to get a treaty with Tyrion going on all that stuff that feels to me very um very very interesting and I like the interactivity there yeah so mm -hmm. going through all of Mira at once or all of Roderick at once would probably lessen that feeling for me um yeah but the other two I could see it the, with Garrett and Asher yeah, I, I think that's where I'm landing at. I wouldn't mind just, like, one episode to really focus on the Asher stuff. Give us more time with them, but yeah. also it would be a good way to get it just out of the way. So you could focus on, like, have an episode where they gather up their army, they have their little trials and tribulations. Uh, you You get more time to establish them, but then also you can just focus on the other stuff afterwards. So this is kind of related to what I... Uh, we're talking about right now. I'd like to talk about Daenerys Targaryen. Ooh, feel free. Uh, do you remember this character? Um, 
I feel like I should, but it's not coming to me. Okay, so... Remind me. Yeah, Daenerys Tar- Targaryen is kind of... Um, by the end of the show, it's really her and Jon Snow are, okay. are the two characters that we're treating like, um, if not protagonists, because, you know, there, there's so many different factions and no one's definitively in the wrong or right a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So you, like you'll have your Ramsey Snow, where like okay, clearly that guy is, is an asshole uh, and a bad person, but a lot of the yeah. rest of it is just hey, we're at war for non morality related reasons. Uh, yeah, it's Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen, and she was the daughter of the king, so she w- was a princess. Uh, she was the daughter of the king who ruled. Before the king who most recently died ruled. Um, okay. He was... So the king before the previous king. Y- yeah. So, like, at the beginning of this episode, the king is Joffrey. Um, right. But he's, like, a kid. He's, like, 14. Um, before Joffrey, it was his dad, Robert Baratheon. Okay. Who is married to Cersei Lannister. Uh, and remember, Joffrey is, like, not actually his his son because Joffrey is an incest baby and they're covering it up. Cool. We talked about that a little <laughs> bit. Is that ringing yeah, bells? I, yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay. So Robert Baratheon, he's been king for, like, 20 years. Um, a, a couple decades. He became king because the last Targaryen king... And the Targaryens were the king, uh, were, were like the monarchy for 200 plus years. Many, 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 many years. Um, uh-huh. He he was old and senile and crazy. Awesome. So people were, were calling him the Mad King Targaryen. And they just right, they wanted him. they bring up him, the Mad King. Yeah, they just wanted him out of power. And then Robert Baratheon came in and said, I'll be king. And he was very <laughs> jovial and well-liked and popular, so... They they let him be king, and that was the end of that war. It was a uh, I forget the name of that war, but it was a it was a war. Uh, Daenerys was the daughter of that last Mad King Targaryen. Um, but okay. when the Targaryens were ousted from power, all the Targaryens, including her and her brother, who is dead at this point, but don't worry about him. It's like her; she's the main heir to the throne by now. Um. She had to, she was banished from Westeros, had to live out in Essos. And she's just throughout her teens, I guess, she's very young, um, has been collecting influence and power in Essos. And people start following her because she's like this guiding light of morality and very, very popular with basically anyone she meets. And here's the deal she has three dragons. Three dragons. Yeah, no one has dragons. They might be the last three dragons around. Okay. Uh, But she's got three of them. And we saw one of them in this episode. And at the end of this episode, the stinger was, which I think would not function as a stinger if you do not know who this person is, is uh, Asher Forrester meets Daenerys to Targaryen. She's in in the blue dress at the end of the episode. I assumed she was important. Yeah, so that's her. Uh, she's just been, she she's like this uh, populist queen of slaves and last born sons and the uh, impoverished 
proletariat of the East at this point. Um, right. Just because she she was born from royalty, but she's um, kind of had to make a lot of this up for herself as she goes along. Uh, so we found one of her dragons. She's been looking for her dragon. Her, the dragon's name is Drogon. Uh which is that's I think, a lame name. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a dragon? I'll name it Drogon. Drogon these nuts. I, cha- I changed the letter. <laughs> was that funny what I did? That was okay. Okay. Yeah. You know. Alright. I bet the people in Game of Thrones would have really eaten that up. I think they would have liked it, yeah. <laughs> they would have said, We've never heard that before. Did you just come up with that? Yeah. Uh, Captain Ligma of the Lannister <laughs> Guards would eat it up. Yeah, imagine going back in time and just every joke ever made is now yours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get to do that movie yesterday, but with like everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, why did the chicken cross the road? And like they're like... they're cracking up already. Chickens are <laughs> not people with thoughts. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, a chicken wanting to do something. (laughs) (laughs) A lowborn like a chicken moving up to road crossing? I've never seen it before (laughs) in my days. You think that would actually happen? I'm beginning to see from whence the comedy sprouts. (laughs) Uh, So, Daenerys is is definitely like a fan favorite character, especially at this point in the the show's run. Everyone really likes her and just what she's doing she uh she's rounding up slave owners former slave owners and just like completely emasculating them nailing them to crosses and letting them die making examples of them which seems like a murderous crazy thing to do and is a little bit but is definitely like within the scope of game of thrones like oh yeah you you round you delivered justice to bad people good yeah, her, her heart's in the right place. <laughs> yep. Um, and and that, that kind of circles back to why Asher and Beshka... Beksha? Beska. 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 Yeah. Why Asher and Beska last episode were dealing with that slave owner, it probably had to do with the fact that Daenerys has put out... Um, like, wanted posters. If, the, yeah. the equivalent for any slave owners. Yeah, the, that was the whole thing. They wanted to get the bounty on him. Yeah, so that kind of comes back to Daenerys as well. She also goes by Danny. Danny. Yeah, like a Danielle equivalent. But again, it can't be a real name in Game of Thrones, so they gotta just make it a little <laughs> wrong. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's like when you call a zombie a walker. Yeah, it's like when you call a zombie a walker, or if you call me Mitch, it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> I called you Michael earlier. Yeah, what's up with that? No, well, that was part of the joke. Sort of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. You ever? What's the What's the most wrong anyone has gotten your name while also sort of getting it right? Like Justin. It, Justin, yeah, yeah. I, can, I get I can Justin a lot. You ever get like Douglas, it, Doug? No, but that would be weird because that's both my dad's first name and my middle name. So, like, Doug wouldn't be, like, too far off. Dustin Douglas is a very fun... Dustin Douglas could be, like, your actor name. Dustin Douglas Jackson just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Good. Good for you. (laughs) Hey, thanks, man. 
I've, I've been living with it. Uh, so we're, we're talking a lot about Asher and this dragon. How did you feel about the Asher story this episode? I wanted to see more. I was thinking like, oh, we're attack- We're fighting a dragon. This is cool. This is cool stuff. Is this the dragon episode? No, um, not really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted more of it. I feel like they tease you with it. I like everything with Asher in this episode. I, I like later when they're getting, uh, uh, what's his name? Croft. When they're trying to get Croft for their army, that scene was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's just like the most fun I'm having with this story is the stuff with Asher and we don't get to see that much of it. Yeah. I think that if we did see that much of it, it would be very boring uh just like the process <laughs> like of going around to different canyon. generals and saying like can you volunteer some of your men and they're like what's the price you're gonna pay and you're like okay well i found these coins i don't know <laughs> right and and it's yeah. not like the kind of series where you can have like super interesting fun characters for them to meet like they're they're pretty much just all gonna be the same sort of well what's it for me it's it's not gonna be like borderlands where you get like What's it? Who's the guy in the first episode? The the like sound guy. The sound guy. Oh yeah. Uh, the... uh, uh, boom boom box real boom. Not real boom. <laughs> I don't think his name is real boom. <laughs> that yeah. I, I I think that would be weird. But you know the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, boom boss. Is it is it? Uh, am I on the right track with boom? I think I am. Um. I probably am. Maybe. Yeah, no, I don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, well, yeah, he's he's one of those good characters that we, we just yeah, have I mean, show up and fight Zero and yeah. die immediately. But Yeah, like, you're not going to get that with something like Game of Thrones. Like, they're, they're more... I don't want to... I don't know if I'll, I'd say realistic people, but they're all subtler. the characters they're, are... They're more subdued. Subtler, yeah. Yeah, because I think gonna... Tyrion is is almost a cartoon character in how much he's composed and, and how clever he is amongst these. He, he feels like a Victorian-era newspaper comic character. Like, mm, I bet you yeah. haven't considered them. And then everyone yeah. laughs in Victorian. <laughs>, laughs in Victorian. But it's a like as much of a cartoon character as he is, he's still very within the reality of this universe. Right, exactly. You're not gonna, you're you're not gonna have them go to like a a camp of soldiers that are like dinosaur themed, right? And, yeah, and say, "Hey, I I'm the head dinosaur." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, oh wow, he's the head dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, he's the head dinosaur. You're not gonna get stuff like that. You're just gonna go around talk to people and get probably the same results. But I I guess. Maybe you're right. Keeping it minimal. It, it works better in these small doses we're getting. Yeah, because that's the thing with the universe of Game of Thrones, where like it is high fantasy like Lord of the Rings. There's actual sorcerers around. There's dragons. There's zombies. There's mystical things. There, It's supernatural in a lot of different ways. But the premise of the books and show and now game are all very grounded in like yeah but what would a real person actually be focused on in that kind of world probably still real people stuff right yeah maybe we're the walking dead maybe we're the white walkers 
<laughs> Still haven't seen any White Walkers. I don't know if we'll see any White Walkers. Yeah, they bring them up again in this episode, and I have yet to see them. Yeah, they're they're just uh, they're what they sound like. They're they walk and are white. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't need to see him now. So I, I guess we're we're kind of going in reverse chronological order, talking about Asher and Daenerys, because that's the end of the episode. Well, well, we her. started we started with the end, and then went back to the beginning. We're sure. just kind of all. Let's over just the talk place. about Asher, though. Uh, his his quadrant of the story. Right. Um. He's running away from the people that he fought in the the last episode, and Beska and Malcolm. Malcolm, your uncle, back from uh, Ironrath, and right. Beska, your your sort of newer gal pal of the last few years here on Essos, they're fighting. They're they're squabbling all over the place. Yeah, they're not really seeing eye to eye in a way that is. It's it's not like super in your face. It's not like they're like screaming at each other, but you can tell they have different. Uh, they're seeing things differently. Yeah, and it's only with the perspective of having played about a hundred of these Telltale games at this point uh, that I'm beginning to appreciate. <laughs> like, this is such a Telltale thing. Right. Where Malcolm mm. and Beska cannot be friends, and you have to be like, well, but my friends are, I have to choose. Uh, so they're, they're kind of like, from the very beginning of this episode, putting you in a position where you're going to have to start thinking about Malcolm's interests and Beska's interests, even though they're both here helping you with your interests, uh, you need to choose which one you want to put in front of the uh, other. And that comes to a head when you find yourself in a cave with a dragon who turns out to be Drogon. And (laughs) you're just laughing at the name Drogon still. Drogon sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right, though. <laughs> I, that dragon's cool. It's not like the dragon himself said, but come up with a better name than that. Name him, like, Terry. Yeah, you know, that Daenerys named him because uh, she hatched all of them from eggs, and I think that she messed up in that moment, yeah. He was, like, the third one to get a name. He's like, all right, well, we already named one Pete and one, one the Enforcer. You know, there's... Okay, you're gonna hate this. <laughs> Uh, of the three i forget what the other two names are but one of them she names after her brother and the other she names after her dad and uh she was briefly married to a cow key uh that's k-a-h-l who's like a king of uh uncivilized horseback riding tribal people from essos see i I orig- I thought you said cow, as in the animal, and I was going to say, you f- shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> They're probably hiding a cow. <laughs> uh, Better get the serious toothpaste. But she, w- she was married to Cal Drogo. Right. Drogo is the inspiration of the name Drog- uh, Drogon. Drogon. That, mm, Yeah. So, I, I just feel through, like, like the guy's should... name, she ended up with... Just getting very close to naming a dog, dog. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to name him after my brother, Doug. <laughs> Doug, Duggan, <laughs> Duggan the dragon. 
Man, I bet she felt really stupid afterwards. So Malcolm's Drogon. fighting all the, uh, the 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 soldiers, and Beska's right. like face to face with the dragon. And you need to choose which one you want to help. Which one did you choose? Uh, I chose Beska. I think I like Beska. I like their camaraderie and friendship. I don't really give a shit about Malcolm, to be perfectly honest. Okay, I'm glad that you did because I chose to help Malcolm. Ooh, how did that go? Yeah, I was just thinking about it in terms of what we talked about last episode, where um, if this game is really a game, uh, the Game of Thrones within the fiction here, House Forester is right. just really trying to do it. I'm kind of trying to play everyone as a little bit cold and heartless and just like, hey, what's going to help House Forester here not die? Um, and I, right. I needed Malcolm alive. And that was a hard decision, and it made me sad, but I did choose Malcolm for that reason. Well, well, that also is a choice that makes sense, because we see Malcolm get hurt. Or is this after you choose him? I thought I remembered him getting hurt in the leg before you made the choice. Uh Oh, I don't think I got that at all. Oh, yeah, for me, the, the Lost Legion are the ones attacking them, and I yeah. it, it showed one of them, like, stab him in the leg, and I... I couldn't remember if it was before or after you choose to help him. It might have happened for me, but they they never go back to it in this episode for me. Yeah, so it, then... it never really comes up. Oh, it because, didn't for you either? If, then maybe it did happen for me. Because if you choose to save Beska, he gets attacked by the dragon, and he lives. Like, he's not even that badly hurt, but he has, like, a really bad burn on his back from dragon fire. And that, I feel like, is the priority. That's... That is the priority over getting stabbed in the leg. So, yeah, Beska also lives if you choose Malcolm. And uh, Does she get attacked by the she dragon? She does, by though. It, it's like her left arm. It's like her arm and shoulder. Okay. Um, does she get pissed at you? Yeah, she gets quite upset about it. Uh, understandably so. I think that's very fair. And uh, Yeah, you, guess what? Malcolm does too. <laughs> well, there, there's a time... So they're going to this guy, Croft, to try to recruit his men. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a time while they're like waiting for Croft to, to see them when Malcolm isn't there and Beska asks Asher, Hey, buddy, what the fuck was that? <laughs> what, what was that? And I had the option of saying, Hey, I just think that you're tougher than Malcolm. So, like, I thought he was going to die, die, and you were going to get hurt. And I I just trusted you more to take care of yourself in that situation, which is a little bit of a lie, but I could see that being true and also what I would have wanted her to hear. No, I actually had that same thought after I had saved her. I was like, oh, shit, maybe I should have gotten Malcolm because she she's tough. She can ha- She's, like, beefier than he is. I've seen dragons in this universe breathe fire and melt cement. I've seen them melt stones with seemingly very little exertion. Right, Uh, but I feel like we could take them. (laughs) Yeah, but like Beska's pretty strong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So just the... uh, The idea of anyone standing up to a dragon, I assumed I was killing Beska in that moment. Uh, yeah, that's why I picked Beska. I was like, I, like I totally get your reasoning. Like your reasoning is it makes perfect sense. But I just like Beska more as a character. Sure, so I was like, yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to lose her. I mean, I mean, you bring up a very good point that I hadn't even considered, and is would probably have 
been the right choice, but considering neither of them die, it don't really matter. Uh, yeah, like dragons are not off the scale, like one dragon is not off the scale of Hiroshima levels of nuclear dis- destruction. Just huge right. levels of destruction. Uh, so I it could be that like Drogon's still really young in this scene. I don't really remember the timeline on that. Uh, but yeah, in, in any other situation, there's there's no way like you get burned on the arm and still have an arm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Malcolm was attacked on the back. He just has like a big burn on his back and shoulder. Yeah, that's th- that is at odds with what I remember about dragons. But like it, it definitely I think made for a better scene where we're, right. we're dealing with more um like tangible threats. Mm-hmm. Cuz the the idea of how strong these dragons can be is an intangible like this dragon could, could kill anyone at any moment for any reason. Right. It would it would immediately put everything it would be like, "Oh well, fuck all this other stuff. Who cares about this shit going on? There's a dragon out there that's killing everybody." Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, we're not talking about Mewtwo. We're talking about Arceus. <laughs> we're talking about rewrite time space, Dragon. Right. Uh, I, well, I mean, not really, but like with the just how powerful this thing's fire is. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, if if you save Malcolm, he also is like, uh, so uh, you, you saved her over me, huh? And uh, I had Asher say, there, there was so little time, man. I, I just acted fast. And he says, hmm. Interesting. Lying, I see. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he and, called and you he, up for lying? He, he called me a liar. Oh, that's interesting because that is the reason I did. I Basically, it all just came down to like, oh, I don't know. I got to save one of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, uh, you're a liar. And, and Ash <laughs> is just like, oh, man. <laughs> well, yeah. If you save Malcolm and Beska's talking to you. She actually buys the thing I told uh, you that I told her. Just that you're stronger than Malcolm and I actually thought you could deal with it. Um, yeah. She seems like the kind of person who would believe that. She'd be like, well, <laughs> I, I don't want to brag, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if we're dealing with like just regular fire and not absolute Armageddon fire then uh yeah I, she is kind of the uh just more able to deal with that it sucks about her arm but that's fine yeah <laughs> it's fine whatever yeah malcolm also calls you out on making bad decisions hmm. and i was like and i was like come on man yeah from your point of view i can see how you would think that's a bad decision <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so Drogon kind of flies away and then you you go see Croft and Croft is a, a real jokester of a guy. He's uh, sort of like a bandit leader and he's got bad blood kind of with Asher. He seems to have lost an eye, not because Asher did it, but like as the result of something Asher had done in the past. Right. Um, but they're, they're cool. And after threatening him jokingly, uh, Croft actually introduces you, uh, you as Asher to 
Daenerys and the where we leave off is just it looks like if we help out Daenerys find her dragon because she doesn't know where Drogon is uh if we help Daenerys then we'll probably be given an army to work out what we need to do yeah the unsullied are a group of uh eunuchs you know eunuchs uh remind me eunuchs this is a, a real life word as well are people who have been castrated right right right, um, right. At, a, at a young age in order to be grown into people without certain sexual urges and or just ways of being right yeah anyway uh she's got a lot of those people that were hmm. they were that way because of slavery um okay but now they uh as free people have decided to fight for daenerys i'm betting that asher's gonna bring back a small group of unsullied to fight for house forester i could see that yeah so so like the 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 cutoff of this episode is daenerys turning around and saying i heard you know something about my dragon and then like it cuts to credits which i think um just given how uh, popular this character is, I understand why they did that, but compare it to the funeral song at the end of episode two or the death right. of Ethan at the end of episode one. I think this is a lot weaker. Of, I of don't know ending. if I'd say, a, I don't know if I'd say a lot weaker, especially if she's a fan favorite. Like I don't have that connection. So it, it's, it's hard for me to really judge. But like I could, if she's like a favorite character of Game of Thrones fans, I could see it being like, no fucking way. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I I can see that, and I can't at at the same time because like, I, she's in, she's on the UI of the start screen. Um, right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like you see her face, so it's not a reveal. Yeah, it's not much of a, a reveal, and especially as soon as you see Drogon, you're like, oh yeah, okay. I don't know if I'd blame that on the ending necessarily. Like, they should have just not put her on that menu. That's true, too. Um, I kind of feel like if you're at the wall, you're going to see Jon Snow because he's in charge of the wall right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. That just makes sense to me. And if you're in uh, King's Landing, having... Because Marjorie is not like a principal character so much. She's she's like a side character in in the show. Um, Cersei and Tyrion are, are very principal characters, but all three of them, like if you're dealing with royal family stuff, it makes all the sense in the world that you'd see those characters. Yeah. Um, Daenerys is the one that starts to make me feel like, okay, this family just knows everyone. This family just knows <laughs> like all the important people from everywhere. That's kind of, it, it, it's, it's starting to get a little fanficy in that regard of of just like the implausibility of how many people these this one family of uh low nobility just is in in uh in communications with especially at this time where like between the red wedding and okay so when joffrey dies he he's like poisoned with wine which you didn't Mm -hmm. see but his face turns purple so they call it the purple wedding (laughs) <laughs> that's clever yeah uh so between that's the red wedding cool. and the purple wedding like some of the most important moving and shaking in this world is happening right now and we just happen to be in the middle of it all 
and we're also uh, just randomly meeting Daenerys Targaryen, it, the whole thing is uh, starting to feel a little convenient. So they're 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 wheeling in all the stars people want to see. Yeah, well, I I think like the exact number of stars that they could get access to, right? Because we've got right. How many is it now? We've got Jon Snow, Marjorie, Tyrion, Cersei, uh, Daenerys. That's five. Uh, oh, Ramsey, Ramsey Snow. Right. Um, I think that's I think that's everyone. Every everyone so far, we, we're only halfway through. That, that that could potentially double in the next three episodes. I don't think it will. But <laughs> yeah, that's six. They just people. have the whole cast in there. Yeah, like Ramsey also feels very believable because the the point of this part of the the story is the Boltons are taking over the North because they are like the favored warden family of the Lannisters who have taken over the South right. and are more in charge of like the whole country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ramsey Snow uh, being a Bolton showing up, that makes sense. It It's this other stuff here with Daenerys of like, this is pretty convenient <laughs> that we're <laughs> seeing them too. So like for me, it was a little less impactful and less about like the singular story that we were taking care of here of like, wow, Ethan, I, I totally thought we were just going to keep playing as Ethan and now he's gone. Or that the, just the song during the funeral last episode was so strong to me. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, especially because they like, they bring it up a couple times of like, Talia, you got to write a song, but it's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it it really doesn't. They, they really make it a, a good song. I wonder if that was Jared Emerson Johnson. I bet it was. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, he is the composer for this season. Yeah, I wonder if he wrote the words to that song. Hmm, that that might be worth looking into. Isn't can can we just take a moment? Isn't Jared Emerson Johnson amazing? He rules. His stuff is like always so good. It's always so good, and it's like a huge range from Sam and Max. You have that jazz stuff, and that sort of like comes out a little bit again in other things like, um. The Wolf Among Us, and maybe a little bit of Monkey Island, even though that's not jazz, but it's it's similarly kind of fun and, and cartoon. Well, well, he but also didn't he do... jumps into, th- huh? Well, he also didn't do Monkey. Island. Oh, you're totally think... right. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, I wonder how it would have sounded. Like, I get you want to get the guys who are yeah. just like the Monkey Island composer. I think he was still like connected in some. He did like audio design or something. Well, he voiced like, he was still... the Marquis. Yeah, like he was still connected to Monkey Island, but the main composers were Michael Land. Yeah. I, I think that was it. Yeah. I, yeah, I bet he did sound design and, and, and other things. But um, yeah, like he can do that and then he can do the contemplativeness of Walking Dead and now this sort of like more epic fantasy stuff in, in uh, Game of Thrones. Um, he can just amazing. nail what they need. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Genuinely uh, chills thinking about that gentleman chills i say um i was just so lately while i've been working i've just been putting on videos of uh the poker night games in the background just to you know just something to listen to while i'm working um and he does like remixes of various songs that just fit the inventory but they're like like there's like a smooth jazz version of trogdor in there yeah it's great 
Yeah, it's really great, especially considering some of the songs he remixes are his own. And it's mm-hmm. in the same style he originally did it, but it still feels like someone else took it and remixed it. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, which I imagine is very difficult, but he, he really pulled it off. And I'm I'm so glad he's still so willing to come back, like those new songs he did for the uh, Sam and Max remasters. Yeah, I mean, I, he's got such an interesting thing where musicians, you know, you can... You don't necessarily need to be associated with any one company uh, because you just make your own stuff. And a lot of the time composers are um, like enlisted as free agents to do specific shows or games. Uh, They're not like long term employees of studios. Sometimes they are often freelance. Yeah, they're they're freelancers. Uh, But Jared Emerson Johnson was just from the beginning to the end of telltale he was just there the whole time absolutely killing it seriously like so much music for like every episode do we know if he's associated with the expanse or wolf 2 i'm not sure i would bet money he's at least involved with wolf 2 i'm not sure about the expanse since it's kind of Mm-hmm. I, I I I don't know. He could totally be doing the expanse, but it maybe just since he's already connected to Wolf Among Us, I feel like that's a safer bet. I think that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, I there was a there was a very small scale adventure game put together by like six or so people that came out a couple of years ago that I forget the name of. Uh, but it was like the Blue Shoes. Something about Blue Shoes. Uh, it, <laughs> and and Jared, it was like six people from Telltale, and Jared Emerson Johnson was just also on that, which makes me feel like, oh, if anyone's doing some Telltale games, he'll just or Telltale adjacent feeling things, he'll just come around and he'll he'll do it. Yeah, especially because he's not even that, fifty now; he's just in his forties. He's that's don't tell me that that's great, and he did like so much great music just already. He might even he might not even be in his forties. Hang on. I think we discussed this before. Yeah. we were similarly flabbergasted. Yeah, I th- we we have, but I I think the the number that amazed us before was that he was only twenty three. Uh, yeah. When he started work on, or when he was doing the work on uh, Sam and Max for the first time, yeah. or or even younger than that. Um. He's okay. So as of right now, not to blow up his spot, but he's only forty-one right now. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, kind of wild. Um. Oh, okay. He is confirmed for the Wolf Among Us two, and okay, cool. Not confirmed as of the list that I'm reading, although it's still possible. But I don't know. Uh, not confirmed for the Expanse. Yeah. Some because. Wolf Wolf 2, like, that's a new team, but isn't it, like, mostly composed of Telltale people? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, isn't, and isn't The Expanse being made by a different company that's, like, it, it's the Life is Strange people, right? It, it's, uh, it's one of the Life is, I don't think it's the original Life is Strange studio. It's oh, the, okay. uh, it's one of the Life is Strange studios, yeah. Deck 9 okay. is the name of it. But there's also a lot of old Telltale people at 
Telltale proper who are assisting development with those studios. Right. Uh, so I, I think both of them have quite a bit of old Telltale in them, but it, yeah. it might be the case that Wolf Two has more. I'm I'm not I'm not positive on the breakdown of that. Yeah, like I could see it go either way. I like I don't think I wouldn't say I don't think he wouldn't be on the expanse. Just just that it seems more uh it, it, it just seemed more obvious that he would be on Wolf Two to me. Makes sense. Or more likely, I guess. So um yeah, that's that's the whole Asher story. I I, I don't think it was a big game changer of a story with the exception of meeting Daenerys Targaryen. Right. Um, I liked it all, though. Yeah. I, I like what happened with these guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that I, I think the it's decision to the... help Beska or Malcolm is going to sort of snowball into something later. But it's going to come to a head. Yeah. It'll, it'll come to a head. Yeah. Like, I think it's... I said it in the last episode. I think these are just the parts where you can, like, have fun with these characters. Like, it's not so grim. Like you can you can kind of lighten up a little, and I think I appreciate that. Like I I don't I it's Game of Thrones. I know it's not going to be sunshine and smiles and lollipops, but I think having these lighter moments with these characters really helps uh, balance things out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they fought a dragon. Yeah, they fought a dragon, and they and then they're joking around with Croft later. Uh, do we want to talk about Garrod's stuff at the wall? Sure. So I think we might as well. I I spoke last episode about not actually liking Garrett's stuff at the wall for that episode that much. It felt very, oh, we're just getting trained up and we're going to meet some like a mean guy and a weird guy. And (laughs) Jon Snow's there, (laughs) but like we're we're just kind of doing boot camp stuff. This episode had more interesting stuff to me with uh, Garrett at the wall. Yeah, not just like giving Garrod something to do, but also you see more of this uh, coming together with uh, the people here at the wall. Yeah, there's a really... Uh, so they they make you a ranger, probably yeah. because Jon Snow wants you to be. And he's pulling a favor for you. He's he's nice to you. Right. Um, and, and that's the thing that your dunkle... Your dunkle... Uncle Dunkle... <laughs> Dunkle's a good word. Yeah, your Dunkle told you to go be a ranger. Uh, that would help, <laughs> he Dunkle says. Unkin. Dunkle Unkin yeah. says, go be a ranger. And you you do so. Uh, so as far as what you think that you have to do in order to like be useful for the family, you're there. Uh, and you go, you go do a pledge at the Weirwood tree. A Weirwood tree is a tree with a face on it yeah i like this tree this is the weird shit i like just trees with faces yeah there's more stuff about weirwood trees and all that that uh we could talk about but it's effectively just a tree with a face on it don't worry about it it's spiritual in some way i wish it talked i thought it was gonna be like the tree from pocahontas boy boy howdy could we talk more about this tree dustin but uh it's we don't need to. It's not important for right now. For, for this, it's not important. They, they did a cool thing where they put the pledge you're about to take to join the Night's Watch on the screen. And you need to like manually progress through each line of it by put, pressing a button. And it, it makes you, the player, feel like you're taking the pledge. 
Right. That was cool. I didn't realize that's what they were doing at first because I I didn't press A right away and then I noticed everyone else was saying it and I was kind of lagging behind. <laughs> yeah. It took I had I had to start saying the other ones fast to catch up. Oh, that's funny. Uh, they, they it's a, almost a rhythm game because I got a few of them like a second behind or a second ahead and then I I figured out the rate at which the other people were talking. Yeah. Yeah, same. About halfway in, I was like, all right, I got to wait like a second before I press it. Yeah, but you're not going to be graded or anything. It's all just sort of. Yeah, you just don't want to look like a fool. Yeah. Um. So you, you do that. And I, I think that's kind of the, the genius of what Telltale is able to do with this format of uh, we don't divert from the format of just choosing the answers that your character is going to give to other characters questions very often right. uh, but when we do divert for stuff like this pledge it's so purposeful and it feels uh so singular within the story of the game that like okay i the player have now taken a pledge i'm gonna feel weird when i go against this and desert the order or something like that yeah i i kind of felt that way i i kind of felt like well Garrett made this pledge to these people. It's gonna suck to have to break it. But he even if I gotta He will. He will break it. Yeah, he he definitely will. Yeah. Uh like like the whole deal while I'm here the whole time, like I only even joined the Night's Watch to get to the North Grove. Like if that's if that's Garrett's part of the story, then I'm doing that. I only right. even became a ranger to go north of the wall and then leave the Night's Watch and find the thing. So, <laughs> like, they're they're introducing this somewhat minor, <laughs> if we can be honest about it, somewhat minor uh, moral repercussion of going to do the thing you're supposed to go do. Uh, just to conflict right. you a little bit as the player. Right. Like, I know that's what it was leading up to, but I was still kind of like, well, you know, I kind of made these friends here and I kind of I kind of took this oath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i i do agree that this this garrett section is getting me more interested in what's going on with him uh yeah last time was just all right he's here we got to do the training stuff uh but here you have the ulterior motive set up and you get the guy who killed his family coming in yeah that's another aspect here uh Two things happen to Garrett. One is after you take the oath, like immediately after you take the oath, uh, <laughs> Dunkle Uncle comes up and he's like, hey, I've got this map for you. It was from Lord Forrester. It might show the location of the North Grove. And you do a little puzzle with a weirwood tree thing on the map and you find out where it probably is. That was fun. That was neat. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like this crazy, insane thing, but I was kind of like, Oh, okay, when I figured it out. Yeah, it, it had a interesting... I, I think about the you drawing the of, of that little puzzle. Someone put a lot of love into the drawing of that puzzle. Yeah, yeah. they drew the little mammoth at the top. They drew a little mammoth at the top, that's true. They drew all the little roots that need to go into a tree, but like can just look like rivers if the tree's not on the map. Yeah. Um. And the, the other thing that happens to Garrett is... It, it's sort of similar to what happened to Mira last episode where Sarah's just like, look, I got to tell you, I'm drunk and I'm a bastard. <laughs> uh, That's true. <laughs> Cotter 
your friend Cotter, who stole the knife that was annoying <laughs> last episode, uh, he comes to you and he says, hey, I'm actually a wildling. I'm from north of the wall. I'm just here to get back home. I'm sorry for telling you this. I'm going to upset everything by making you carry this knowledge. Bye. <laughs> Oh, shucks. I, I, I just fudged everything up. Yeah, I'm just a little stinker just telling you things that you shouldn't know. Okay, bye. <laughs> so long. Um, and, and what did you tell him? Because I told him, like, dude, why did you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> I think I just picked, like, uh, okay, thanks. Did you promise to keep his secret? I did. I mean, we're we're brothers now, man. Yeah, yeah. Even even though he is just gonna leave, he is just yeah. He's he's already planning to desert to join his family. Yeah, again. I mean, I mean that's fine. It's what it is. Yeah, I don't care. Um. Okay, so then okay, so that that's but what I, happens to Garrett, and then your your arch enemy joins. Right, the man who killed your your fam fam, and what a real shit licker he is. Yeah, he really licks shit. Yeah, they, they really lean into him just being a real jerk. Yeah, because Jon Snow kind of prepares you. This is another cool thing that I think these Telltale games do, where early on in this episode, it's between you and Finn. I think his name's Finn, the yeah. the bully mm-hmm. type guy. Who, kind of the meathead of the bunch. Yeah, he's a meathead, he's mean, but at the same time, he could like, he's definitely the kind of character could- that could become a friend. You could imagine. Yeah, it. you could pal around with them once you get to know each other. Yeah, so like on your way to the Weirdwood Tree to do the pledge, Jon Snow is talking to Garrett and he's like, hey, I understand that you've got differences and some ple- people are more aggressive than others, but you need to be able to patch up this kind of rift with your brothers. This is not something that you can survive if you don't. And you're kind of put in the headspace of a player at this point who's like, okay, Finn was mean, but like, I'm going to make an effort. Right. And then and they hit you nice with the, the escalation. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you get, now this real fucker comes in. Yeah, this real fucker who does try to kill you. Yeah. That's not very cool, I think. You don't do that to a brother. Yeah. So he murdered your family, and then he gets mad that because he murdered your family, he has to get sent up to the wall. Yeah, you're the bad guy to him. Yeah, and he really feels that way. Uh, So you're at the top of the wall, and this is the culmination of Garrett's story for this episode. Uh, You get in a fight with him, and I I tried to not do the punches when the... uh, when like the QTEs were firing, and, same, same, and uh, it, he you he kills die. you. He kills you if yeah, you he, don't he, fight back, and you eventually have to die. He eventually yeah, he has shoves to die. an he shoves an axe through your neck. So what do you do with his like body? Because you can, it, it's a choice of you you kill him there, you leave him there, or you kick him off the wall. I I left him. I didn't want to kill him. I was like. I left him too, but I really wish I kicked him off the wall. Yeah, especially considering what happens right after. Yeah, Finn sees you, and then he runs and says, I'm telling. <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling, even though we were friends earlier, and I'm not going to let you explain it. Because he can't, he straight up comes at you. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even try to kill him. Yeah, yeah. 
But you could have pushed him off and then Finn wouldn't have seen. Uh, by the way, this is the first time I've died in this season. I think I died last episode. Yeah. When was it? I think I got Mira killed at one point. Oh, by the Lannister guard? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Yeah, but so if you die, yeah. it says Valor Magus, which is it's, a phrase you say about death. I don't remember what it translates to. Awesome. Actually, I want to look that up. Valor Mor- <laughs> Valor Morgus. Valor. Morgus. I, I wish I wish I could have saved your ass. I wish I could have been like, mm, I know, Mitchell. Don't worry. I'll tell everyone what it means. What do you think it means? I don't. Uh, you died. It mean it Bye. translates to all men must die. Oh, I guess they say that because you died. Yes, uh, all men must <laughs> die. That's just that is that's a true statement. That's just physics. Yeah, what about animals? Not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> Some just go on forever. I wonder if there is an animal that's like it doesn't really age, so. Because trees can be like that sometimes. Trees are often, like, have an infinite lifespan if nothing right. happens to them. But just because they're so stationary, something's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> like hundred trees that are hundreds of years old. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out, like, oh, some sort of crab. <laughs> just it... it turns out the, the, the common frog can live up to billions of years yeah if no one messes with it but everyone's always messing with it i gotta step on this frog um yeah so i i liked that just the the intricacies of garrod's place here i'm very ready i'll I'll say it here now i'm very ready to desert the order the night's watch right especially because now they think i killed a guy that i'm probably gonna get like hanged for it so i'm i'm just running yeah, I, I don't really feel that connection. It's going to be like, oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, Jon Snow's going to be mad about it. Because he's like, I trusted you. You know Man. me. Oh, I trusted you. <laughs> that, Garrod. that was great. <laughs> Bro- we Man, were brothers, like, Garrod. I noticed it last time. But now, especially after you brought it up, you can just see how different he looks compared to everyone else. Jon Snow? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like the other characters from the show i think are fine and like blend in well enough but john snow you look at him and you're like your hair and lips you do not belong in this world yeah i wonder what it is because i think Tyrion looks all right yeah yeah totally uh and i i don't think we saw cersei much this oh we did see her a little bit um she i remember her looking fine as well in the face yeah everyone everyone else i think is like fine and it's it's really just Jon snow where i'm like you have a face made for tv yeah he's just got it maybe he has such a specific look yeah that if you did it in the actual style of the rest of the game it wouldn't track right i could see that yeah um i bet you could have done it though i bet it would have been fine yeah probably so that's that's everything except the real plot of the game (laughs) an hour and 15 minutes into the podcast oh man we still have two people well i i think it was it was less um eventful so maybe we can carry do you think 
that you could do it in one minute like we normally do, but just for Roderick and Mira? I don't think I could. How about just for Roderick? Um, well, not much really happens with Roderick. You did it. Cool. <laughs> You're right. Not much yeah, like, really happens with Roderick. There's a bit. The White more Hills of a... take over their house. Yeah, the the White Hills are encroaching even further. Uh, Griff Whitehill comes around, who's like the fourth born son of the White Hills. What a dick! And uh, he's not entitled to much, actually. And the White Hills were only ever supposed to stay in like the front lawn. But right, Griff Whitehill. He's like, no, we're gonna go inside now. This is uh, this is ours. Yeah. Um, just w- with his, with his powerful muscle muscular men that he brings around with him, he's making a stand of like I'm going in your house now, Roderick <laughs> the Ruined, and I'm going to be sleeping on a bed in there. And Roderick's just like, okay, yeah, he's all right, that's fine. Well, well, you can choose whether or not to stand up to him. I decided not to because we talked to uh, what's her name, the- Gwen. The yeah, Gwen. yeah, one one of the White Hill daughters who is uh was the one in love with Asher before he was yeah. banished, and it seems to be more sympathetic to us and really doesn't want war, just wants peace. Um, she's like against her father's will or like without his knowledge, coming around to warn Roderick of like, hey, if you just submit to Griff and don't try to like stand up to him like an asshole, you can probably get around this so if you take his uh, ride this out they do the the player a favor by not having this interaction be in front of your new fiance (laughs) well your new fiance roderick's new fiance well not all of us oh right yeah (laughs) oh i forgot about that yeah you didn't i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry for you dustin Hmm. Hmm. yeah yeah i I had almost (laughs) forgotten (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah the the glenmore elaine uh, not elaine uh elena elena what's her name uh something like that is it elena hey as it, soon it, as it, she it, turned it me elena. down oh yeah okay as soon as she said no to you she's just out of your life she's out of my thoughts <laughs> uh yeah but she has not been like sticking around i think she went back home to the glenmore's and right. uh ah, someone just rang my doorbell this is cool but Ooh. you need to lie down on the ground because griff pushes you down and he's like stay down and then uh you, you can choose to get up and try to fight for yourself but like you just gotta stay down yeah that's that's what i did i was like okay okay yeah i don't want to make things worse yeah you're, you're playing the game and I, everyone there um uh, I, I was I was thankful for this because normally in a situation like this, I think Telltale would kind of throw you like one character who says, "I can't believe my lord just lied down on the ground like that." Yeah, yeah, kind of like kissing a ring almost. Kissing the ring is yeah. I mean that was one thing, but <laughs> this uh, everyone here, even Talia, who I think was the one who's like, "No, you should get up." Even her afterward was like, "Okay, you played the game pretty well though." That was. Yeah. That was the right call in that moment. You were you need to mm-hmm. not be prideful in order to win this in the long run. Yeah, exactly. Um Yeah, and uh that's that's kind of that story. There's That's it, really. There's something else that 
Mira's involved with Rod. I, I forget the what you have to do with Mira oh, in this episode. Well, don't forget, Robert. you also find out there's a traitor in your council. Right, you find out there's a traitor in your council. Okay, okay, good, good point. Um, who is the mole? Do you think? I have no idea. Um, I have theories, but I I don't actually know. Shoot, what's his name? The the army guy, the guy who's like running your army who i didn't select as my guy sir royland royland that's it i'm glad you remember these names better than i do i just remembered him as the army guy the angry man uh maybe him maybe because he wasn't picked by ethan yeah so sir royland's an interesting choice i could see that um because he wasn't picked by ethan but like the the other aspect of that is if you did pick him then he wouldn't have been a mole, and I think that's too much for the choice to impact. Right. Maybe it was Dunkle Uncle. Yeah, so so Duncan is interesting because in that case, he would be the mole either way. Um, and that is kind of where my gut's going of, um, like, he, maybe he's interested in the North Grove because whatever it is, if it's a treasure or power or something. Uh, he wants to right. claim it for himself. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's been like, it was his idea to be more passive with the White Hills and give them wine and stuff. And I can imagine that someone who <laughs> is secretly with the White Hills would be like, oh, give him wine. That'll really get him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll sure show them. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a tactical thing. But as soon as you're thinking of like, oh, he's just trying to fuck with me. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense as well. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah, could be Duncan. That, that that, that'd, be. Be, that'd be a good guess. Now I'm afraid of You've him. You talked me into it. The the other one... Um, <laughs> you weren't a Dunkle at all. The other one I wrote down on my, my notes here as a possible guess was Master Ortegrin. Yeah, I, w- I was just about to see him. I was just looking through my notes to remember what his weird-ass name is. Yeah, Ortegrin. Ortegrin. Uh, it's almost orangutan. <laughs> I wasn't going to say he should have been an orangutan. Uh, yeah, so he's like... If it's him, I think that would fall a little flat because just because he hasn't really been much of a presence, like he's been there. Yeah, but he, he was there for Ethan like, more, but uh, for Roderick, yeah. he's not really that. He's just there. been kind of in the background. Yeah, and like in everything he's done so far has been helpful. He's just a meister. He's a doctor. He he just he, it would be weird for him to have yeah, any kind he, of reason that matters. Exactly, he hasn't really been a player in this part with Roderick, so it'd feel it'd feel more ass pulley. Yeah, and basically everyone else is a family member who, if it's a family member, then I simply don't. It just wouldn't make sense. Okay, well, here's here's the one family member I could see it. If it's the mom, um, and she's trading information with the White Hills in order to secure Ryan's safety. Mm. Uh, because she's always been saying, like, from the beginning when Ryan was taken, she's like, hey, anything that endangers ryan at all should not be the strategy that we pick um right so i could see that that uh she's like the one person i said told there was a traitor in our midst oh you told her i didn't tell her i told i told her i shouldn't have i told her that i met with gwen and that she tried to tell me to just like there's a peaceful way out of this i told her that i did not tell her about the traitor right um I hate to say this, and I, I the only reason I bring this up is because I know I'll forget if I don't, mm-hmm. 
But I'm looking at I'm looking at the audio waves in my Audacity recording, and one of them looked so like a fish. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought you were going to tell just me knew something I would... about the safety of our recording, so I was going to stop and uh, like no, note no, down the it's time fine. code. We can keep that in the episode. We can keep this in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I said it to have in the episode. I knew if I didn't say it now, I would not have remembered the fish. What kind of fish? Like a Jesus fish symbol thing? Just like a standard like cartoon fish where it's like its body is long and then it has the fin. Like a goldfish cracker? Longer than a goldfish, like a mm. salmon. Cool. Yeah. Good for you, man. I, I just, yeah, you know, sorry to derail the conversation, but I knew it would never have been brought up if I didn't just say it, if I didn't just break out now and say, oh, I look like a fish. Um, I get to look at that wave later, so I'll, I'll rank it. Cool. I'll, I'm writing down the time code. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm writing down the time code in my notes, circling it and writing the word fish. Fish, maybe. <laughs> so that's their whole thing. Uh, Roderick's playing a very slow game of just waiting for his siblings and associates to bring him good news from the Wall and Essos and King's Landing. Right. I guess that's why the Roderick part doesn't feel very interesting in this part because it's it's just things ramping up. Mm-hmm. Like like uh, it, it's is, the real story that. here, but it's also kind of a container for the other stories more than yeah. itself a thing. Yeah, exactly. I actually think the the Garrod stuff is what was strongest in this episode, Frank, personally. Yeah, the Garrod stuff was, uh, I think, the strongest. And second place, I'd probably say, um, as I've been feeling continuously over the last few episodes, the Mira stuff I, I liked as well. Um, yeah, I thought Mira's stuff was pretty good. Yeah, so let's talk about the Mira stuff, because I think that was everything else. I don't. I don't think it was as good as the last episode because you don't have the Sarah stuff. Like yeah, Sarah's yeah. there, but she's not yeah. fucking off a rocker. That was just great. But I do like that you are building this friendship with her, mm-hmm. um, especially since uh, Lady Marjorie is so like. We start this season out with Marjorie saying, "Oh, uh, Mira, we're so close. We're such good friends." Even though you're just my handmaiden, we're such good friends. And then she's just like total a total jackwad in this episode. Yeah. friendship with marjorie ended friendship with sarah all the way <laughs> yeah yeah for sure uh oh the one thing that roderick uh R- roderick had a lot of little choices that he had to make through and i, I want to talk about just a couple of them before we move on okay um there was a scene in the woods where it's your mom and duncan and sir royland and like uh, i think master ortegrin and you as roderick all just talking about your strategy. Right. And you've got these two major problems, which is that Ryan is stuck with the White Hills at their place. And Griff Whitehill has infiltrated your home. So you need to choose uh, which one is the bigger priority right now, just to you, the player, which one is... I like this choice a lot because like, it's making you consider what you think your goals should be. Uh, and then like the whole rest right. of the game is going to be, how did you accomplish them? But um, yeah. So I said saving Ryan is a better priority for me. I also said that that was my pick as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't know how I feel about that actually. Cause I, uh, how come? Um, 
I mean, like, if we want to play it really, really dark, how would we feel if we lose everything that House Forrester stood for, but, like, Ryan's alive versus but we, get this we actually succeed in carving out a, a place for ourselves to live and thrive, and we might lose just one more Forrester. Right, but, you know, you told Ryan you wouldn't forget about him. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I, I can't I get pretend it. to be I, the kind I, of person that would, like, trade the little kid's life for freedom and success. <laughs> but I can but, see But it. you're thinking, what if I was? Yeah, because... Uh, the devil horns pop up on your head. Like, we've, we, we've done things to other people more significant than that, just not our own family members yet. Right. Yeah. Mm, yes. Okay, so Mira's stuff it's become it's become known to the queen regent cersei lannister that mira has been talking to tyrion behind both her back and marjorie's back right cersei hates that um not not even for any particular reason about like the deal they've made or anything just like, I hate my brother talking to people. That sucks. Do not talk to <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> that sucks when you talk. <laughs> um, so you are in trouble for that. Marjorie, as you were saying earlier, just is, is uh, really Jack upset about Watt that. is the word I used. Yeah, it's like, come on. Cut me some slack. Yeah, and I, I, I really like Marjorie. He talked to me. Uh, as, as a character direction in this game. Because she's not really trying to plot anything that's not immediately what she says she wants to do. She says she wants to marry the king. She's doing that. She's She is playing the Game of Thrones, but she's playing with all of her cards face up. Um, right. So when Mira is doing this thing of like, hey, I met with Tyrion on my own accord. Marjorie's like, hey, that is not how we do things. Come on, like we can... We can play this game, but we do, we our thing is we do it out in the open, and it works for us. So come on. Come on, says right. Marjorie. <laughs> come on. Uh, so I, I understand Marjorie's anger at us for that. Although, uh, there was kind of a weird bit in the episode where Marjorie asked me what that was about. And I told her, I met with Tyrion about selling Ironwood from the Forrester family. Mm-hmm. And Marjorie was like, Okay, that's like way above what you should be doing as my handmaiding. I need you focused on the task at hand. Yeah, that's what she said to me too. She said, "Like, look, I'm, I, you, I'm getting married. This, you just need to be a handmaiden right now. Yeah, stop all this shit." But then later we meet with Tyrion, and uh, Tyrion says, "By the way, the thing we talked about—it's on my desk right now." Uh, and it's about to be signed into law, which made me immediately know it's not actually going to be signed into law. Something's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so you did choose to talk to him. You can choose to just not. Well, you can choose it. You have to like pretend to be. I don't know what you're talking about. There's, what do you mean? What's on your desk? And like, I didn't well, think no, that you can, made you can... sense to do because I just told well, Marjorie that this happened. But I, I was... Well, I, I was saying, actually, right now, I need to be with Marjorie. I did tell him yeah. that. But after yeah, that, that's... the conversation was, like, he just kept saying things. 
<laughs> um, he just kept going. Yeah, he just kept saying like, okay, well, you know, I won't take you away from Marjorie, but the thing we talked about, it's on my desk right now. And then he left. And then Marjorie was like, what was that? Which felt weird to me because he's just referencing the fact that we had already talked. And I already told Marjorie. Yeah, no, we did that. I, I told you about this. But to right. her, like, it seemed for some reason in fiction of like, Marjorie's mad at me for a second offense. Right. Um, in, instead of just a reiteration of like, no, I did this, I, you know, and I, I'm not going with him now. I'm following your directions of not talking to him. I did that. Uh, but for some reason, it's still, still weird. It's funny. I chose to go with him. What happens? Um, Marjorie gets mad. Publicly? Like in front of Tyrion? No, but she, uh, so you go with Tyrion and it's basically the same conversation. He's like, hey, yeah, uh, this is going to go forward. Uh, it's on my desk. Uh, everything's great. But she is like silently mad at you. But it's like you said I could like, I know you said to stay with you earlier. But like when he asked if he could steal you away for a second, she's like, uh, uh, who am I to say no to Lord Tyrion? Right. And so I I was like, okay, see ya. I don't like <laughs> okay. you anymore anyway. I mean, when she said that, I took that as like, who am I to say no to Lord Tyrion? Oh, I have to say no in order for Marjorie to not look bad. So I did that. Yeah. But then Tyrion did that exact same conversation instead of privately right in front of Marjorie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then I got in trouble anyway. And it felt bad. So you just get in trouble either way. You just get in yeah. trouble so either Sarah, way. So if you do, Marjorie says, uh, Sarah will be taking care of my dress and hair. That happened with and me too. And Mira's like, Mira's like, oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, neither get to be there at the wedding. Neither get to be there at the wedding. And I bet for you, Sarah was a little more like happy to help than for me because I did not promise her back then of like, Oh yeah, I'll I'll put in a word for Marjorie talking with you a bit more for you getting a husband or whatever. Yeah, because Sarah, um, because one of the guards down there says like, "Hey, I saw you with uh, the 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 guy whose name I forgot last night, and he went missing. What happened?" Um, and it, you can ask Sarah to just not like tell anyone. Like you can. Oh, no. No, I don't think that I'm, you I'm, have a... I'm getting confused. No, there's I'm there's like confused. a guy. There's another guy that pulls yeah, it's, uh, Mira away from that conversation. Yeah, I'm. that's right. I'm thinking of when you talk to uh, Tom, the dirty boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you ask Sarah, just be like, can you please not tell? And she's just like, oh, yeah, totally. Don't, e- like, don't even trip. Oh, so, so for me, it was... Uh... I, I took the approach of like, oh, thanks for saving me. That guy keeps talking to me. <laughs> just just this like weird guy, you know. <laughs> uh, which is kind of true. <laughs> it's, it's Yeah, I guess. In other situations in the past, he has been like a little weirdly active. Uh, yeah, he did save your life, though. Yeah, at he this did, point, like... he has already saved our life. So I'm like, okay, it's, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Going, like, immediately after that, Sarah talks, or it's not Sarah, Mira talks with the guy who was, like, negotiating on behalf of the White Hills for the Ironwood thing with Tyrion. Right. And they're talking they're to each other, and they're deal. like... He, he wants to strike a deal. Yeah, he wants to strike his deal of, like, hey, if we compete 
with each other for Tyrion's approval, um, then we're going to drive both of our prizes really low. But if we work together and so sort of make an oligopoly of it, we can protect the price of our wood against Tyrion's negotiation tactics. Right. And I was kind of into that. I thought that was a fun idea. But then right at that moment uh, is is the purple wedding moment where Joffrey is poisoned and Tyrion is blamed for it. I did remember Joffrey would die from this. I did not remember um, that Tyrion was blamed for it. I forgot about that right. bit for a second. Um, I, I won't hold that against you. Thanks, bud. For forgetting. Yeah. So Tyrion's deal... Uh, Tyrion's like walked out and uh, at that point afterward he's a bit of a leper no one wants to deal with him no one wants to um, trade with him they they don't look highly on him he, they think he killed the king right I don't remember why they think he killed the king he might have been the one to like pass him that glass of wine or something That's, like that mm, that seems like a reach well yeah he didn't kill the king it it's uh it was shown very clearly from his perspective in the show that that was not him doing that he didn't realize what was happening okay see as someone who did not watch the show i just assumed oh i guess he did oh interesting yeah no he's he would never that's not his deal he he actually does against his better judgment because joffrey's a terrible person and asshole and he's going to be a tyrant he does care about his uh nephew and he wouldn't right. he wouldn't have done that. Okay, okay. He's still a Lannister. He still wants to protect the the honor of his family. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, he's walked out and the any any potential business deal that Mira could do with that guy is just thrown out the window because uh now we're talking about it from the perspective of like, well, did you make a deal with the guy who killed the king? I don't think they're going to honor it. Uh, so you need to go into Tyrion's desk and find the uh, the agreement that he had written, that he told you about. Right. This this is one of the few silly things that stuck out to me. Is uh, So after you get in, you, uh, y- you figure that it's in his little uh, locked up box. Yeah, and it is. And then once the guards come in, they're like, good thing we got these keys that could unlock anything in this room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's at the point where I was like, oh, all right, come on now. Yeah, so you, you can get in the room by the help of the coal boy who comes back, whose name is Tom, yeah. we learn. Tom. Yeah. Uh, and Tom the coal boy says, I've actually been hired by someone to keep an eye on you and, and make sure that you succeed. People want you to succeed and I'm, I'm here to help you do it. Right. So I don't, I have no idea who that is or why that would be the case. Yeah. Especially since it seems like the opposite case is true too, with like the guard who tried to kill you the other night. He was saying like, Hey, uh, you're angering some people. You're making some bad enemies. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who this even would be, because if this was like Lady Forrester, if this was a Forrester paid person, then that would make sense. Um, Right. There's some people that I know exist from the show that could feasibly 
want this to happen, but like we haven't seen them, and that would feel weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Duncan could have theoretically done something like this. This feels like a Duncan type move, but um, he would have said that. Like he would have said he's doing that. Yeah, Duncan's too busy being the traitor. Yeah, and plus, like, with without knowing a lot about how King's Landing works, why would just hiring one more person to look after Mira be that much of a difference? Right. Yeah. Just just some random boy. Yeah, this particular coal boy knows a lot of the ins and outs of how castles are, so that helps. Yeah. That that's true. He is the one who breaks into Tyrion's office. Yeah, and it's kind of fun to to the the stealth that you have to pull off in this episode is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. you get the you you get the agreement that he wrote out, and I I really hate this. Uh, you bring it back to your room with Tom the Cold Boy, and you're about to put it on the fire, and then it gives you a choice of either burn it. Or keep it, ignoring the obvious best answer of read it, find out what it says. Because, <laughs> like, I'm positive right. that Tyrion was playing some games with me, and, like, he didn't actually write exactly what he said. He either said, he either made it the opposite, because the, the, the outside of the letter only says, read the foresters, like, or forester. Um, right. It might say, I've chosen not to make a deal with the foresters. Or Ooh. I'll or, or like maybe it's only half filled out or something. I'm sure that we will find out about that. Um, but like I have to make the decision to either completely get rid of it or keep it around forever. Just read it. It takes two seconds to read, Mira. Yeah. It makes me so mad. Um, like I don't like this kind of telltale choice. I chose to keep it. Yeah, me too. Cause like just like you said, why? If you can't choose to read it, at least keep it so you can read it. Don't just burn it right away. Yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, I'm sure that the time will actually be able to read it. We won't be given the option to burn it again. Like this was probably our one burn it option. Well, that that sucks. I know. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, it's it's very clear to me what they're kind of trying to do with the narrative of this letter, and I would uh, I would prefer they have not done it. Right. Well, better luck next time. Better luck next time. I like the rest of the choices in this episode a lot. I think there's a lot that yeah. you uh, you have to think about. That one in particular kind of made me annoyed. Um. Right. Well. Yeah. Because depending hey, on what it says, there might have been a very good or very bad reason to burn it. Yeah, like, where I'm at right now, I don't see any reason to burn it, but there could be later. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. You're, you're asked to burn it before having a good reason for it, and that's not fun. Yeah. Um, segments. Want to talk about segments? Let's talk about them segments. Uh, my weekly guy, Dustin, I'm taking charge. I'm saying it. Okay. Marjorie. Marjorie. Yeah. That's that's very interesting, considering what I was about to say. That you didn't like Marjorie? I was going to say, I'm bringing back the weekly on Guy. <gasps> For Marjorie. 
for Marjorie. Whoa! I did not. Marjorie is not my friend in this episode. No, she's not your friend in this episode. Um, I thought we were cool and we are so not cool. And like, yeah, that's that's. F- and there's so many people who are not cool in this episode, but at least they're like upfront about being not cool. Like Griff. <laughs> Griff sucks. Well, I think but... I think that Marjorie's reasons for being disappointed in Mira are very understandable. And right. Because um, like every everyone in Game of Thrones is trying to play the Game of Thrones and Marjorie is aiming really high to be the queen of the entire country. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And she's doing so. So capably, but so uh, visibly. Which is weird. Everyone else is trying these like back alley shady deals. Marjorie is completely above board about everything that she does. And that's a, a, a specific tactic that usually like the uh, the more like warm hearted but kind of dumb people would do in a story like this. Marjorie's not dumb at all. And the fact that like, yeah, she, she does like you a lot less in this episode but because I've been shady and I've been I've been doing stuff that would upset her, I felt like it was done in a really good way. Um, but I also do recognize what you're saying that she is mean to me in this. Yeah, episode. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, sure, she's uh, she's playing the long game. She has a good reason for what she did, but she was mean to me, man. Mm-hmm. She she didn't let me do her hair. Well, and, and her dress. <laughs> I, I can I can give weekly guide to characters that I'm supposed to not be happy with, though. That's that's right. my feeling. N- no. Well, that's why I also didn't give weekly on guide to Griff. Like Griff is a huge at like a way worse douche. Yeah. But, you know, he's supposed to be. Yeah. Marjorie was supposed. Mar- this season starts out with Marjorie saying, "You know what? We're such we we're such good friends. We get along so well. It's so cool that you're my handmaiden. We're gonna be just friends for life." And now here she's like, "Fuck you! You not only do you not get to go to my wedding, you don't get to do my hair, and I'm so frustrated. I might just replace you." I'm like, "Fuck! Get get out of here." The other one I could have uh, conceivably given weekly guide to is Garrett. I gave it to Garen. Oh, okay, I, cool. I just liked, I just liked what he was, what we were doing with him in this episode. Like he, he's not like a super cool, likable character. He's not unlikable. He's just not like super interesting. But I like the things he kind of had to. I, I guess he's my weekly guy just because of what he had to do in this episode, rather than who he is. But you know, I guess that's a good enough reason. Yeah, sure. Every everyone else is just kind of doing their typical stuff. Uh, which is fine. I don't think anyone does like a bad job in this episode, but uh, I, I like that I was more into what Garrett was going through this time. How about your choice cut? So choice cut was hard. Um, I was I didn't even have it until maybe like halfway through us talking about it. Which one do you get? I yeah, that's right, Mitchell. I lied to you when I said I had all my segments picked. Wow! Uh, wow! Just whether or not to choose to save Ryan. That was like, a good that one. is one I was talking about. Um, that is one I had to think about. Um, it didn't really end up mattering a whole lot since it turns out they just know like all your plans anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it does make you think about like where your loyalties are, like what what's important to you. Yeah. So I, I have a very um, similar choice cut, uh, which is when I was talking ooh, lay with. That shit uh, 
also as Roderick when you're talking to Gwyn. And Gwyn just asks you, hey, are you going for peace here and we can avoid war? Or are you so focused on victory? And I am like so about the peace. Oh, I'm, I'm actually a little more toward victory here. Because I, uh, I was about the peace. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for these White Hills much. They can die. That'd I, be fine. Yeah, be I, allowed. I don't e- I don't either. But it, I, I felt like I agreed when they said, "Look, we just don't have the army to do this right now." Yeah, we, we, we like so would be bad. But um, so I don't mind just keeping the peace right now. When we have an army, maybe things will be different. But uh, for right now, I'm like, yeah, I'll lie down on the ground. Whatever, man. Yeah, we're really in this place where, like, all the people that we're talking to are so important. But we're such a minor house of, like, Garrod on the wall is nothing to compared to Jon Snow. And Asher right. is nothing compared to how Daenerys has been leading these people. And Mira is nothing compared to Marjorie or Cersei or Tyrion or Joffrey. Uh, right. So... The idea of victory for us is a lot more of a status quo change than peace. Um, but yeah, I just I just want to. Mm, that's true. I just want to get Ramsey out of my house. Get this guy out of here. Yeah. Um, so that, those are our choice cuts. We have golden moment left. Right. What is yours? Mitchell. Oh, you're asking uh, me what mine is. You really I, I are taking tell. charge. That was coming to me. You really are taking charge this episode. I liked Asher meeting up with Croft. Oh yeah, that was a good. I one. just thought it was a. I just thought it was a fun scene. It had me going. I was like, oh, this guy did something to piss this guy off, like a lot. Yeah, and uh, and then and then it turned out they were just fucking around. Croft makes you choose. Do you want me to cut off your hand or your eye? And then uh, he puts the knife down. He's like, nah, I'm just messing with you. Ah, you should have seen your face. And I, I just had no choice but to be like, yep, you got me. <laughs> yep. Um, my golden moment is something we didn't talk about, but it's uh, some of the soldiers that have come into Ironrath, into the Great Hall. And the soldiers are like doing this mock play about the death of Ethan. And right. they're making Ethan... They're like, oh, no. Yeah, they're making him out to be a little coward kid who shit his pants. And <laughs> Ramsey just, like, cut through him like a butter knife. Um, it was so easy. Yeah, and they're doing it right in front of Roderick and the mom. Uh, right. Just the whole time, Lady Forrester's like, how dare you portray him in that specific way? I I was there, and that is actually not how it went down. It is actually inaccurate. Yeah, he was better... Yeah, he actually actually did not say much because he died. Uh, and you have to make the call of, like, how angry do you want to present yourself as Roderick right now? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, and just that whole moment in general was, was my golden moment. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one as well. Mm-hmm. Man, they, they are real assholes about they it. They really, really are. <laughs> they're they're they, they, top-notch they, assholes they make, about it. Yeah, they make Ethan not only seem like a coward, but then they're like, I actually think the real death might have been like even worse than that when I like think about it. <laughs> yeah, because like the actual way Ethan died is already rough. And they're right. like, oh, well, we have to exaggerate this. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're like, I, th- I think you might have had more dignity just there. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's been our discussion about Game of Thrones Episode 3, The Sword yeah. in the Darkness. You know what? Supr- we started this episode by saying it was the lull, like not a whole lot to talk about. We talked about this episode a long time. That's just what's going to happen when we've got these uh, separate characters to talk about. I think these episodes yeah. are just going to naturally be longer. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dustin, before we started recording... I asked you a question about um, if this got a second season, which it did not, and I don't think it would now. Um, yeah, I forgot that. It, I think it was planned to. I remember looking yeah. in the list of Telltale Games, a canceled Game of Thrones sequel season was on the list. Yeah, I think the ones that they had like going were um, a, a version of Wolf 2, which is not what we're getting. Um, right the stranger things game and there was supposedly like a new ip as well that was like actually a telltale original ip oh that would have been interesting um so that was like actively happening when they were canceled but there was a lot of other stuff like yeah they were probably going to go back to game of thrones or they were probably at some point maybe going to go back to um borderlands or something yeah or like nelson tethers three maybe that was a lot that was a lie yeah, I don't think that would have happened, unfortunately. <laughs> I do want more Nelson Tethers. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, his voice actor has passed away. And that sucks. And we, we don't have access to more Nelson Tethers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were talking like, if this game got another season, would you want more Forrester stuff? Like, would you would we want to see the growth of these characters? Or would we want to jump around to like a completely different place in the world and see another house and see another group of characters? Right. What do you th- What do you think? It's so hard for me to say because I do I have grown a, at least a little attached to the characters we've gotten. I want to see where their stories go, but I, I guess it just depends on how this story plays out. Maybe we don't need to see more of these characters going forward. Maybe it would be better off just seeing new people um i could see it maybe getting a little boring if we're just stuck with like all of these same characters I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't be like it wouldn't be the exact same lineup of garrett roderick asher and mira or, or maybe it would have who knows but um it's it, it's really hard to say without finishing the season um, yeah yeah that's true inconclusive for me hard it's yeah. hard to to say because i think I think this probably would have been a better narrative flow if all of it was more removed from the stuff that people who saw the show and read the books knew about. Right, because you talk about bringing in like all of the bringing in all the stars. You think it would have been yeah stronger if it could just rely on its own stuff. Yeah, like cameos or brief references to other things that happened like i i totally would understand it makes like sense. walking dead does well, yeah like walking dead does um but we've like at this point just the iron wrath stuff is new for the game and right. the wall is like it's Jon snow's story up there and essos is definitely daenerys's story and king's landing uh, I like what we're doing being in kind of like the underground talk to this person, make a sneaky little deal here. But at the same time, it's the Lannisters story period in King's Landing. You think you think we're just playing bit characters that because, you know, 
how the series goes, they just can't end up being that important in the grand scheme of things. I know they can't be that important. Like exactly, yeah, because yeah, I know how the characters that die die, and uh, it's not Forrester related. So like, yeah, right. So yeah, because like in Walking Dead, you can. Like, there's nothing saying Lee cannot be as important as the characters in the comics or show. Because they're just so far removed from one another. But here, it's like, oh, well, if you don't hear about these characters, you know, they, they're they stuck. Yeah. They, you just know. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like how in the Sonic the Hedgehog comics. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, Sega, for a while at least, had, I don't know if they still do this, but they had a mandate where, like, these Sega characters, you cannot do anything too interesting with them because they're important branded characters. Like, these original characters you bring in, do whatever the fuck you want, who cares? But, like, you can't go that crazy with, like, Sonic or Knuckles or something because they're part of a bigger series. It's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know that these characters here, I guess it's kind of the opposite actually, but you know that these characters you're playing as just can't amount to much. Well, these characters that we're playing as, you're right. Like they, they, none of these characters are going to take over Westeros, right? They're never, no one's ever going to be king out of these characters. Right. Um, but they can get married or not, or die or not, or save their house or not. So they, they get right. their own agency within their world. Uh, and the more right. that you just we know that involve that... people like Daenerys and Jon Snow, the more we limit what can really happen around them. Right. You you just know that at the end of the day, if they don't die, they're just, they can't rise up to that same like main character of the series. You, you know what they can and can't do, what they're limited yeah by the way fun fact for you you know the show the house of dragons that hbo is doing like now yeah uh so that show takes place 200 years in the past and is about daenerys's ancestors as the like ruling party of westeros at that time oh on account of the dragons. on account of those dragons yeah every house has a has a sigil and the like the Starks are wolves, the Lannisters are lions, and the uh the Boltons are a flayed man, and mm-hmm. Targaryens are li- or uh dragons. Targaryens are dragons. So it is the House I would, of Dragons. I, I like dragons better than flayed man. They don't they're not as <laughs> I do pets. too. Um but I, I bring that up to say like that show is two hundred years in the past and is about characters we've known about because the lore of Game of Thrones is so extensive and lord of the ringsian where we just know right. like the name of every king and queen from the past but they seem to be having a very um interesting show where like anything can happen because most of these characters are ill-defined and mm-hmm. we just we know eventually so it's going to lead into more targaryen rule but we don't know how we get there that could have been a pretty good receptacle for a telltale story where you want to make interesting stuff happen I agree. It kind of reminds me of uh, a Donkey Kong's world. <laughs> okay, we are we we can't make a podcast for three people. <laughs> well, I'm I, I'm just bringing it up because so 
I'm sure we brought it up on the show before, but it was our D&D campaign. Uh, you set that one, was it 300 years in the future? Yeah, it was a number of years in the future. Um, yeah, it's like that. You can get more creative with it. You can. It was a Donkey Kong's world, not Donkey Kong's world, because it's a different Donkey Kong. Right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, different Targaryen. Same exact concept. <laughs> wow, you should have written it. Maybe. Well, Dustin, it's been good. Uh, until next time, I implore you, please, I insist, have a great summer. You know what? Since you said it like that, I think I will.